0: Hello, I'm Sarah Spateri, and you're listening to The Well-Crafted Life, the new podcast from Homes and Gardens that considers one big question. How do we enhance our homes, and so, our lives? Every week, I'll be asking three tastemakers to share three secrets. It's a podcast that focuses as much on the little things as the big things, because a well-crafted life is made up of both. I hope you enjoy the show.
1: This episode of The Well-Crafted Life is is sponsored by Martin Moore. Classic English Kitchens. This week's theme is the beauty
0: of bespoke. So the show features three interior designers whose work exemplifies that the devil is in the detail when it comes to creating truly sensational spaces. First up, I'm speaking to Susie Atkinson, an interior designer who you'll know from Babington House, Beaverbrook and Limewood, and who also creates stunning residential projects and products. My second guest is Charu Gandhi, interior designer and architect behind Elysian. She crafts highly detailed rooms using beautiful materials. Finally, we'll hear from Linda Baranque. Linda recently founded her own studio, having been the in-house design lead at Soho House for many years, as well as working with Martin Brudnitsky and Tara Bernard. Get ready for tales of craftsmanship and cooking, a deep dive into where to look for inspiration, and the importance of wearing lipstick and the well-made bed. My first guest is interior designer Susie Atkinson. Hi, Susie. Welcome to The Well-Crafted Life.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me. Now, as you know, this
0: episode's theme is the beauty of bespoke. So I'm looking forward to hearing about your style and the role that customised or commissioned design plays in that. But first, please, can you tell us about your home and why you love it?
1: So um, we bought our home about 20 years ago. We had been living in London before that. we hunted around for quite a long time and ended up living in a little hamlet in um, sort of Hampshire, so actually Berkshire-Hampshire border. Um, and lovely. I, think, I, I think it's a very idyllic location. Um, the house was, was lovely, but it wasn't exactly as we wanted it to be. So we knew we were taking on a project. And in fact, it was a, about an 18-month project. And it's been a really fantastic um, family home. It's It really is. And I I love it. And I actually love it more and more, really. The longer I'm there, um, I love it more, particularly the garden. And And do you you have any favourite spaces in particular that you like? Um, For me, without doubt, the kitchen, which um, we designed to overlook um, a little vegetable garden and greenhouse so that everything's very close to where where I'm cooking. Um, And the kitchen also opens out onto a terrace and then we knocked through into a sitting room we don't really live formally so we we knocked through into a what was a drawing room but um so the slightly more open plan and there's lots of windows all the way around so it's, it's lovely and light and the garden very much sort of comes into the house if you like
0: that nicely links us already to your first secret, actually, which is um, bring a bit of the outside in.
1: Well, I've I've always loved the, the great outdoors and nature and what's occurring naturally around us, and I think we've all been, become so aware of that um, in the last year. With you know, I just think it can really fill a room with life. Just having something from the garden or from outside, from a walk or from from anywhere. So I will bring in. Uh, Twigs or berries or um, leaves to press, or flowers in the summer. Or I, I just like the feeling of bringing something into the home that that is from outside. And and did you mention that you have a kitchen garden? Kitchen overlooks the kitchen garden and and a little greenhouse where I spend a lot of my time at weekends. And are you an avid cook? Oh, I used to be a cook before I moved into this world, and actually, I'm not an avid cook now. But I, I. I enjoy it when I've got the time, but uh, my children tend to do much more cooking than me these days. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I love the garden and gardening more than I love cooking. Something
0: else you mentioned is something about the seasons and how um, how you like to bring them into your interior.
1: Yeah, I, I, well, we're so lucky in this country to have four completely different seasons, which gives us a, an amazing opportunity to sort of style up and do things differently four times a year. So I, I really tap into that you know I'm just at that point where I'm bringing in bulbs that I planted in the autumn they're all coming into the house lovely um white daffodils and you know I just love the fact that each season brings something new and I think it's um it's invigorating and it makes me yeah it makes me feel good.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It's interesting obviously what we're talking about is very home focused, but I think what a lot of our audience would know you for is, you know, Beaverbrook or Limewood. So how does that differ to when you create your feeling of home?
1: Um, I mean it does depend on on which commercial project we're doing. And and actually with both those projects that you mentioned, um the brief was to to create a very homely, welcoming Atmosphere, and that's something that I really enjoy doing. I think it's it's so nice to to turn up somewhere and just you know have all your um, you know a, 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 all your senses appeal to. So you know the way something looks, the way something smells, the way something feels, and so I focus very much on all all those sort of things.
0: Your second um, secret is uh, know where things come from, and I think there's something that links there with the sort of knowing the story or, you know, that's when design becomes very timeless If as if it means something to you and, you know, it, it kind of has a sentimental meaning. Um
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think just in terms of, I think everything you buy for your home um as we move well away from the throwaway society, I, I really feel it's important that people know where, something has come from they know the history of it and actually with every project we do we do a lot of research into the area around where a house or a hotel might be to see who is there who, who lives locally who is a, a blacksmith or a, a yeah or a weaver or and it's actually it's incredible the people who we have found over the years who who like are in your, who you might not even know about and I think if you're Buying something—it's so nice to know the backstory, um, to know who's made it. I think you will treasure it more.
0: Um, Do you have any items or belongings that um, are in your home that have that particular sentimental draw? Or
1: well, yeah, I've got some lovely things that I've gathered over the years. Some things that I've had made for me more more recently, and other things, you know, the first painting that my husband ever bought me, or things that I've inherited from grandparents or parents. Um, I think having a sort of a mix of different things from different areas is also great because it, it sort of gives a, a relaxed um, informality about things and, and a story to, to tell. And I, I mean, I would never want to get rid of a, a sort of family heirloom.
0: When you approach projects and you're looking at, bes- we're talking about bespoke design. You know, why do you think that kind of bespoking or customising design is so powerful?
1: I think people love the idea, don't they, of having something that is unique and special for them. Um, yeah, there's something that makes you want to treasure uh, that item more if you know you are the only one who has it. So there, there's something about that, I think, that is. Is quite key, and I think just having something that is being made by hand by by somebody who you may have met or you've read about it is is really special.
0: Yeah, your third secret, I um, I really love, and so I wanted to save it till last, um, which is fulfill your
1: dreams. Um, well, I've always been told I'm a bit of a dreamer, and I think I am a bit of a dreamer. Um, and I think we all have those thoughts that oh, I wish I could have that or do that or i i I think i feel really strongly that you need to actually embrace those dreams and do them so in in the way that you live even if it's on a tiny scale um i think it's really important to tap into your creative self um, and and do those things and i think the home is the perfect place to do it it's where you should feel relaxed and happy um, and express your personality through your own surroundings. So when I say fulfil your dreams, think about all those things you thought you would like to be surrounded by and, and, and try and do it.
0: Susie, thank you so much. Um, you know, From the joys of the seasons to craftsmanship, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. So thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you, Sarah, for having me. I just want to interrupt to talk to you about Martin Moore. Specialists in bespoke kitchen furniture, Martin Moore is known for classic English design with an elegant, timeless style. Committed to excellence and British craftsmanship, all their kitchens are custom designed and handmade to order in their UK workshops. To find out about Martin Moore and their kitchens, head to their website martinmoore.com or follow them on Instagram at martinmooredesign.
0: My second guest is Charu Gandhi, founder of design studio Elysian. Hi, Charu. Thank you for joining me on The Well-Crafted Life. Thank you for having me. Elysian, your studio, it's known for a very tailored, refined look. I think that you've described it in the past as interior couture. Now, what we want to know is if that's how you live at
1: home.
2: Well, yes, is the short answer. That doesn't necessarily mean that my home looks like one of our projects. But, you know, the word couture to us, is very evocative at Elysian. Um, It means something that's tailored, made for you, uh, but ultimately is about being authentic and uh, through a creative expression. So it's about knowing who you are and expressing it in a creative, maybe in fact, sometimes in a frivolous way. And so our home is very much, uh, it's a moment in time of how we're living uh, right now as a family. Uh, It's very much filled with things we love and enjoy. We don't, think too hard about whether something should be there or not if it's something you know we know is going to bring joy uh, to our lives now did you did you do it as a project i've just decorated it so our, our home was a Massive rush job. Um, we um, had to move before our son arrived. We lived in a uh, very bijou flat in Notting Hill, which I had done from scratch. I live in a late eighteen hundreds um, house in uh, Chelsea on Flood Street, so just off oh. the Kings Road. And yeah. the studio at the time used to be on Lots Road, uh, and I knew that you know I wouldn't have a sort of traditional maternity leave. I'd be going back. And- from home and studio, so wanted to move to be close to the studio.
0: Now you've mentioned um, couture, and that makes me think of the theme of the episode. Actually, with with bespoke, or well, how important is bespoke to to
2: your style? very important and you know bespoke stretches uh bespoke and the word curated have a strong connection so uh sometimes you know bespoke extends into a curated collection of art which very much speaks to a person's interests or passion but um you know when you do an interior design project um as a as a client particularly you're kind of gifting yourself a home as a family uh, yeah. and i think the element is where the gift really comes to life.
0: I love thinking of it like that and actually makes me think of one of your secrets which is, is memories and using them to kind of create a
2: space. Yes I think you know uh, traveling within your mind's eye uh, which we all do right consciously or subconsciously is such a evocative um uh, aspect and I think it's something that you carry with you wherever, wherever you go and I have I've always had a very strong memory um, I, it's, I'm sort of I can be sort of freakishly uh, you know recall details also I, a lot of my memories are very spatial um, they are really about spaces I really have strong memories of some of the first times I've experienced design uh, and I like going back to those and I think in terms of a home you know one of my secrets is to create a space where uh, it facilitates that it allows you to it's almost a sort of meditative state really of being able to look uh, inside your mind's eye and travel a little bit and you have one specific favorite design memory which was um in new york Yes. um, So it was, uh, I was in New York and a friend of mine, uh, we must have been sort of uh, in our early teenage years, we were allowed to go and have a kind of supervised-ish meal out. And then at the end of the evening, she said, do you want to come back to my uncle's place? And it was in the Pierre in New York. And I, for me, firstly, I'd never known that sort of people almost lived in hotels, which is what the apartment Sierra and yeah. going up there and by sort of our, you know, 13-year-old standards, it was quite late in the evening and walking into this absolutely huge apartment that, uh, you know, had these hand-painted silk wallpapers, frescoes on the ceilings, uh, incredible pieces of furniture, um, plinths with artifacts and busts. And uh, ultimately, Up going to their bedroom to sit and chat with them. And I just remember every detail of this red and white wallpaper. And it's the first time I fully understood uh, interior design as a concept. Okay. Uh, Uh, By then, I decided I wanted to be an architect. I decided I wanted to be an architect when I was 11, uh, because my parents were building a house in India, and they hired a young, uh, young female architect. And it really sort of, she almost became, you know, you cannot be what you cannot see. And the visual and meeting her almost sort of made me know what I wanted to be. But then... Yes. And then the interior design side was through um, through this experience. And I often, uh, I could draw some of the consoles in that apartment. And it's so interesting. Some of the pieces in there have a connection to India, which I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Right. So your subconscious um, must have, it must have yes, just triggered yes. something. And so the first wallpaper that caught my eye is a scene. It's a sort of anglicized interpretation of, a, uh, of an Indian scene. It's a Dufour's uh, view of India. It's actually quite a famous wallpaper. You know, for me, a big part of our home is uh, bringing those memories of moments together. And of course, I'd like to think the objects in themselves are beautiful, but sometimes that's almost not the point. Um, you know, the point is us looking at, uh, you know, I have two vases, um, uh earthenware vases on um the fireplace in my bedroom and those are from Turkey and honestly, every time I walk past and see them, you know, in this sort of little flicker of a thought of a, of that trip or uh, yeah. things that have been gifted. I love Patina. Uh, my mom's a silversmith and uh, she's over the years made some incredible pieces for us and she keeps telling me, you know, you need to polish the silver and actually most of our silver is covered in fingerprints and marks and I think there's such beauty to that sort of gathered history on a surface. Uh, yeah. I think but uh, in terms of our own home uh, and past homes we've always sought out dual aspect properties. I love homes with the east-west orientation. I love how the sun sort of rises and moves across over your home and to the other side and I think that really affects actually how you decorate the spaces whether you're getting mm-hmm. the morning sun or the evening sun. And that's
0: your, sec- your, your second secret, um, beautiful yes. natural light. It's, how does light influence your colour choices? Because of course, as you say, light has a huge impact on the ambience and the Atmosphere of a room.
2: I'll never forget. We started a project in Dubai in uh, 2016, and we created a whole palette here. We for a design presentation in Dubai, and as we always do, we also took a, a huge amount of alternative materials with us to the presentation. And we got there a day or even a day and a half before the presentation to go see site. Um, and we took all the samples with us. I mean, it was a construction site at the moment, the project, but we, we actually took the samples to that site, to that specific location, opened it all up. And do you know what? Almost everything or maybe 60, 70% of what we chosen here uh, just didn't look right because in that bright sunshine, yeah, it either looked much more bleached out or it looked much stronger depended on the tonality. And so standing there on site, we kind of changed out a lot of the palette and that really stayed with me. Mm. Um, that you need to try and see the the materials on in that location to really understand that they work and the other thing now of course is you know technology has moved on so uh, you can model and emulate sunlight studies there's a lot of sort of technology out there so what we do is we model it uh, on our software and we make sure our cgis or our renders acknowledge the sunlight uh, in that location so our cgis all look quite different uh, depending on the location of the project but there is nothing like standing in the space and i've known i've known it to change our palettes you know obviously you know
0: travel was such a so much part of your dna um what what's inspiring you in the design world at the moment whilst we can't travel
2: so um i'm i'm uh sort of uh Trying to do it virtually, Um, I have been watching uh, documentaries, but not documentaries with recorded narrative so much, but more uh, film that uh, takes you through a a space, um, whether it's um, a a cityscape, a natural landscape, and uh, but it it has all the ambient sound recorded. And uh, I must admit, by the end of 2020, early 2021, uh, I really, really started to miss it. And so my husband has bought me these incredible headphones, which are very, very immersive. And um, they kind of, you know, almost sort of feel like you can't breathe because you can't hear anything else. But uh, watching these videos with those headphones on, I find myself, you know, quite entranced at feeling uh, so sort of transported very very rightly said um and uh, i have a bunch of candles i'm uh, you know i sometimes think if i wasn't an architect i would love to be a perfumer not that i, I yeah. don't know if i talent in that space. But uh, I have all these different candles. I have a currently particularly into um, a selection of candles by Diptyque, which are named after different cities. Uh, They have a collection. And um, I sort of find the candle that I think is most relevant to what I'm going to watch and uh, light that. And I I do find that that smell, you know, the olfactory uh, does help transport you. So I'm I'm, um, sort of a lot more immersive watching. I've been watching some theatre productions. I'm a huge theatre fan. Uh, We used to go probably... Almost twice a month, if not once a month uh, previously, and particularly really enjoy um, kind of uh, where state sets are very evocative and interesting. I find those very inspiring for work. Uh, yeah, sketch a stage set or uh, find an image of it and pin it. Uh, and so, actually, watching some theater productions, which is lots available online at the moment, a lot of it unpaid. Uh, I, we watched several theater productions also with, uh, you know, listening on. Uh, on, uh, headsets, So uh, just trying to experience it virtually. And then the other thing that I've been doing a lot of uh, in my sort of neighborhood, you know, I live in a part of Chelsea that's very villagey, uh, is going for walks and really stopping and looking at buildings, uh, coming home. Sometimes we come home and research them, look up their history. Um, we stand and talk. My husband and I often go for a walk to wrap up the day and we'll start, stand there and talk about the gargoyles or a detail on the window window and uh, it's actually been quite interesting to be so myopic uh, and find a uh, sort of inspiration, yeah, at 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 our doorstep or indeed yeah. in our home and I think speak
0: hearing you speak of um the, the smell thing in particular around candles, you've mentioned is your third secret um your love of the best linen and changing it and washing it ninety for me. That is often a very sensory and the smell of fresh sheets is sort of one of the most indulgent things. So tell us why you love the best linen.
2: So, you know, I mean, it started again, a lot of it sounds like sort of I live a lot of my life in the past, but I went to boarding school and my grandfather went to drop me uh, to boarding school. And when we got there, he said, you know, I'm going to teach you something really important. Uh, I'm going to teach you how to make your bed. And uh, it was sort of almost with this sort of army precision of laying, you know, the bottom sheet, the flat sheet, the way you tuck it in, the sequencing. Uh, and I, I did that every day uh, at boarding school and a sort of uh, was always very proud of, of my bed uh, at boarding school. And it stayed with me. I think um, you can make your, you know, your ultimate sanctuary in many ways is your bed. And I think um, that's often what I'm trying to create for clients in projects is this cocoon this haven uh, this place where you can sort of lose yourself a little bit and for me having a beautifully made bed with the very best sheets you can have uh, you know always ironed and is definitely one of my secrets of of a well-crafted life Thank
0: you, Cherry. I feel truly inspired. You know, you've transported us today to New York in a kind of chinoiserie-filled apartment with silk wallpaper. You've told us about ceramics, silversmith pieces, and of course, the perfectly made bed. So thank you for sharing how you elevate the everyday. I've really enjoyed Such talking It's a pleasure
2: to, you. to be here. Thank you.
0: My final guest for this week's show is designer Linda Bronke. Hi, Linda. Welcome to The Well-Crafted Life. Hi Sarah. Thank
3: you for having me.
0: Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Now, we want to jump on with your home. Obviously, you're best known to us as the creative force behind Soho House, which you left last summer. So does your home reflect the Soho House style?
3: Um, I guess it does in some some ways. Um Soho House is known for its eclecticism and and the way we incorporate vintage furniture and lighting into our schemes. And that is something that comes very naturally for me. Um, It's how I was brought up. And these are the sort of objects that give me a lot of pleasure. So I like to surround myself with lots of vintage pieces and, and, and furniture that I picked up over the years during my travels. I also live in a rented flat. And uh, I've been moving a lot ever since I was 18. So right. uh, for these pieces mean home. So every time I move into a new place, I can just surround myself with these beloved objects. And I, 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 I feel at home.
0: Do you, one you have one things.
3: particular treasured piece that will always stay with you? All of them. That's my main issue. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, very big difficulty saying goodbye to pieces. And even I, a few years ago, I started, um, a side business with my husband where we would buy, um, vintage pieces that were in really bad shape. And we wanted to just, you know, reinvigorate them, re upholster them and sell them off. And I just ended up with a lot of armchairs in my in my living. Room. I could not say goodbye to them, so it, was, it is very difficult for me actually, emotionally, to to uh, to say goodbye to anything. But um, do you
0: prefer vintage? Do you tend to buy um, vintage, or are you is it a real mix in your house?
3: It's a real mix. I have new pieces as well as old, um, but if I had to choose which one gives me more pleasure when I look at them, when I surround myself with them, is, is the um, bespoke, the pieces that I designed or the, the vintage pieces. That's that's great. This episode's
0: theme, as you know, is all about bespoke um, and design. Tell us about how, how you use that in your interiors.
3: Um I think just bespoke gives so much um, more tools for you to express a certain feeling or concept. Um, I also believe that the more time you spend on something, uh, let it be your furniture or or your work or yourself, um, the better it becomes and the more emotionally attached you are to it. Um, So I use a lot of bespoke um, in my own designs, as well as um, when I design spaces, I like to keep a little memory from them and in my home as well I have pieces that I designed for projects and um, and I, I just replicated I had them replicated and 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 I, I have them with me as a, as a piece of piece as of memory, memory.
0: yeah exactly. I think I think what is so um, strong in your projects is the kind of visual storytelling and the way that you use design to evoke emotion and, and positive feelings which um, is just incredibly
3: impactful. Uh, I think it's a very, very interesting subject because I do feel like uh, interior design and architecture, for instance, are more about a philosophy on how we see the world. Uh, And then, uh, of course, after that, it comes about technicalities and color choices and material choices. But I think it's all about um, a way of looking at the world and what's important for us.
0: That links me really nicely to your first
3: secret, um, which you've titled "My Attitude Towards Myself." My life, as everyone else's life, turned upside down in the past year. Um, but my, um, for me, a little baby came into the mix as well. Yes. <laughs> I uh, I left a job that I it was so so such a big part of my life, and it brought me so much inspiration um, with you know, lots of travels and, um, meeting new and interesting people. Um, and those circumstances that I was surrounded, um, forced me to, to dress well and do regular exercise to, to keep mentally healthy and, and just provided me with ongoing inspiration. And now I don't have that. And, um, And I had to change my attitude towards myself because I, I, I realized that I still need that to function properly. And and I just need to be a lot kinder and more and to, towards myself and, and spoil myself. Um, so I... Um, I just, I just put on lipstick every day. I, I, I buy myself expensive lingerie, even though I don't have anywhere to wear them to. Um, I, I keep buying fresh flowers and I, I put them on my desk. So I always have something beautiful to look at. Um, and I I try to pamper myself as much as I can. Um, That's so
0: inspiring. I think, you know, we, we all need to think about small things we can do for ourselves. So obviously, you know, travel is so so much part of what you do. And I know that now with your own studio, you're doing projects all over the world. How How's that working for you?
3: So it's very interesting. It's been a real learning curve. Um, uh, we have projects all around the world, and obviously, travel is impossible at the moment. Um, but I just continued the same process as I did when I was working at Soul House. So we we used to do all the creative work from our headquarters in London, and we would have local teams wherever the project was located at. And uh, I'm very fortunate that during my years at Soho, Marty Brudnitsky, Woods Bagot, I developed a very um, big network of designers. Yeah. And, um, and so this is how I'm running my projects right now. I've got a team in Sydney, I've got a team in LA, and I'm, I have a team in Madrid. And so, um, so we're constantly on Zoom, on WhatsApp, on emails. We're very fortunate that technology allows us to do that. Yes. And are you mostly doing residential work
0: um, at the moment, or are you doing still doing a mix of residential and commercial?
3: So it's mainly commercial, actually, okay. um, but I'm trying to keep it very uh, varied. So um, yeah. we do have we do have a couple of residential, and the, the majority is commercial, though. And I love commercial projects in terms of like hospitality, um, yeah. restaurants, hotels. I think that's something that has been so. I mean, such a big part of my resume as well, but also because I'm I'm genuinely very um, interested in, in those kind of projects.
0: And do you feel you can be slightly more avant-garde um, when
3: you do a commercial space? In general, I think so. You can be a lot more experimental and brave and Obviously, if someone goes to a hotel or restaurant, they want to come away with an experience. And so that experience has to be strong and something that they can't get anywhere else. So this is why you, you have this opportunity to create something very unique and uh, and an escapism. And I think that's, that's a little bit more difficult to, to create in a home where you go every day and you want to just relax and enjoy and and uh, and and make it your cocoon
0: and i think it's very immersive the experiences that you create is that do you think that's largely down to materials or uh, layout or furniture or is it back to this bespoke idea where everything's very customized and tailored
3: well i am striving towards that and thank you so much because um, yes every time i design something i try to not being too hang up on the Small details. I'm trying to uh, recreate that feeling that I want people yeah. to get and 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 have when they when they step into that space. And it comes down to um, the architecture, the materials, um, how that space is going to sound, um, what the temperature is going to be like, um, what is the surrounding neighborhood like, the culture, how yeah. we inject into the space and that's when craft comes in and it's such an important tool to i think to work with local craftspeople yeah
0: could you tell us now about your second secret and, and what you've been doing to kind of overcome uh the fact that we can no longer sort of travel or source inspiration from elsewhere
3: yeah so this has been a real struggle i'm i'm I love traveling and I've been traveling since I was 18 due to my work and especially the last few years with, with Soho House. I don't think there was a single week when I wasn't on a plane. Right now, I feel like a caged animal and, um, and slightly going mad. So <laughs> I had to, I had to get other sources of inspiration that I would normally don't have time for. And, cinema and movies have always been a big source of inspiration of mine, but now I'm also, um, listening to a lot more music and, yeah. and started to read a lot more books and, and they, they provide a great, um, source of inspiration. And one of the ba- one of the highlights, I think that I read recently was, um, the book from Peter Zumthor called Atmospheres. And it's a very, up. it's a very short book, but it also summarizes everything that I find fascinating about design. Okay, because his his thinking really resonates with me. Uh, he's dwelling he's dwelling on the secret ingredients that make space atmospheric, uh, a space that moves you and. And, you know, when you step into a space and you just feel it in your gut. Yeah. So um, so he, he it's a beautifully written book. And he draws parallel between architecture, pieces of music, books and art. And I just love that way of thinking.
0: Thank you so much for that recommendation, because, you know, I've, I've similarly been looking for, for things to kind of feed my soul with. So that sounds like a very good start.
3: Another great, great one is um, the stories and reflections from Axel Webert. Oh, I
0: love his. Yeah, his work is so um, moving. I think is is probably the right word.
3: Everything for it. about that man is amazing. It's just when I hear him talking, I immediately feel at ease.
0: So, how has your background influenced how you create curate your home?
3: Um, well, it has obviously influenced it greatly. Um, it starts back in my childhood and and the house I grew up in. Um, my father is an architect, and my mom has always been collecting art and and antiques. And um, while I sometimes like to refer to her as an antiques dealer, um, it wouldn't be appropriate because I think um, she has the same condition as I do, is that for her it's impossible to to separate herself from the objects that she she acquired once. So uh, the house that I grew up in is filled with art and antiques and sculptures and modern art. And it's just a mix of, it's a very eclectic mix of beautiful pieces. And each and every piece has a story. And I think I definitely got my um, attitude towards mixing, mixing styles and being brave about it. And yeah, and, and not to be afraid of mixing different eras or different materials. And it, it still can lead to a successful interior. And I think, um, your, yourself is the filter. If you like something, then it's probably going to work together. And I know it's, yeah. it's too easy, but I really truly believe in that. And, and this is. This is what I'm. I'm. I'm using. I've been using at Soho House as well. This attitude, and and also in my own home, and and when projects allow, in 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 those projects as well. Yeah,
0: I think you're completely right. It's important to have confidence in your own taste and your own your own viewpoint. We probably have to move on to your final secret. Tell us about the importance of rituals.
3: Um. So rituals, I think, are very important, and I think this is the the probably the the biggest part that I've been struggling with, because um, I, I I think I like chaos around myself, yes. and, and I I I think I'm sitting in my bedroom um, on top of a pile of fabric swatches because I'm just trying to create this um, this scheme for for a hotel project we are working on, and 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 somehow my and my brain and and me function better when it's just. Not every day the same, yeah. uh, but but I think this uh, this this COVID situation really forced me to to appreciate rituals and and one way of achieving that is is to separate my 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 personal and and work life. Um, And, and also I'm just trying to keep healthy with, um, doing yoga regularly and, and trying to meditate, um, every other day, at least, um, when, before I have, we have, we had um, a baby with my husband, we always used to go to, to retreats, um, to, to somewhere far, either India or Sri Lanka, um, to really take care of our body and soul. Um, but now. Can't, we can't do that. So I'm I'm injecting it into into our everyday and 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 just the fact that you wake up in the morning and you do take that cold shower <laughs> and and you have you have your coffee from your favorite coffee shop and that's yeah. when the day starts. Um I think that's that's an important part part of, of, of your everyday.
0: Yeah. Oh Linda, you've really inspired me to look to look smaller and try and um you know, bring some joy, you know, from flesh flowers. I'm gonna put on lipstick, having some <laughs> spads I think it's important that we do look look for inspiration in in, in books and in, in smaller things in in our efforts to elevate the everyday. So thank you so much. That's all from us on this collaboration-themed episode of the Well Crafted Life, a future homes production from Homes and Gardens, sponsored by Martin Moore. I'm Sarah Spateri. My editor is Matt Gibbs. I hope you'll join us again next week.